0: It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our very best to connect the dots between the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual aspects of what makes us human beings. And wow, uh, 2020 taught us all kinds of lessons. 2021, as we're drawing to a close, has had very similar lessons in regard to our physical well-being. And I tell everybody about my website because on that website, if you go to www.synergyconnectionradio.com, There are 19 pages of shows over the last four years. They're all archived there. And um, so if you are on the podcast, I think you have about 80 shows right now because that's been up and running for a year. But the other um, website has just a ton of wonderful, wonderful information. And on that website is a bar that you can click that says Boomers Forever Young. And those are products that I have used over the last four years. Um, I believe in taking personal responsibility for our health and well-being. Um, I know 50, I don't know how many, what the percent is anymore, have taken the vaccine. Um, And I'm not opposed to it at all. I think there are some people that absolutely have pre-existing conditions and needed to use the vaccine. But along with that, what we're discovering is that you have to also know what your immune system is and you need to know what your inflammation level in your body is. So um, if you have a physical coming up, you have to ask for these tests unfortunately and they don't cost anything. I have never had to pay for mine, Um, but you need to ask for a D as in DOG three blood test. You need to ask for a C-reactive protein test. Now the D as in DOG three, That is um, the immune level at which your body is functioning. You want that number to come back above 70. I will tell you that mine is an 80. So I'm not terribly concerned about being around people that have something because I know my immune level is high enough to fight it off. The C-reactive protein is your inflammation in your body. And every disease begins with inflammation. So we need to kind of watch that. You want it below one. And I will tell you again, mine is a 0.3. So you can arm your body, you know, to help it fight off whatever invading bacteria or viruses or other kinds of germs that are out there because we live, you know, where there's people and people have germs and germs can infect you. There is no way of, you know, really getting around that. But you can take that responsibility. And so go into their website, um, check out the products. They have thousands of testimonies. They have all kinds of videos and blogs. They have their own podcast that explains the importance of using something like ashwagandha or using something like turmeric with pepper um, so that you can better inform yourself as to how to stay healthy. So that's a part of this show is without the physical well-being it's really difficult to make the other parts work. You have to be healthy. And then when you are healthy, you're able to explore the spiritual, the emotional and um, the intellectual part. If, if you're just kind of dragging around because you're not very healthy, the rest of it seems quite overwhelming. So I would encourage you to go check out their website. You can sign up for a free newsletter. Um, I have as a brand new guest today, somebody that I'm excited to get to know. And her name is Hallie Elise, and she's an intuitive mind-spirit mentor. That's saying something, I'm not even sure exactly what that means. Um, She's an empowerment psychic. She's a speaker, media personality, and she has 30 years of experience, more than that actually, giving spiritual, inspirational, and motivational guidance. She's also listed as a top 100 psychic in the US. She's won awards for her speaking. And is an Amazon best-selling author. So that's all quite exciting as um, I introduce you, Hallie, and welcome to the show. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Happy to be here.
1: <laughs> I'm happy to have you here. <laughs> we had we had a little bit of a challenge uh, getting the initial <laughs> recordings going, but hey, we're all good now. So um, yeah, so we're gonna talk about how you actually interface with the world, you know, what, what is it that made you become a psychic? I guess
2: I'd like to know that first, were you doing
1: that kind of as a kid?
2: Well, I was doing more than kind of as a kid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My mom used to tease me for as long as I could remember. She'd point at me and go, I, I'm going to you, have you tested for psychic ability. And I th- think I hit 18. And I said, you know what, mom, you need to stop teasing me about that. And let's either do it or not. She goes, no, I'm not going to do it because we already know the answer. <laughs> And how do you, so I mean, I'm,
1: honestly, how do you
2: test somebody for
1: psychic abilities too?
2: Well, there are all different types of tests that you can do. There is electrodes to check magnetic influences. There are tests that are done with a specific deck of cards to see if you pick up the impressions from the cards. There's a myriad of ways that you can be tested.
1: Mm, okay. And did you ever have it done or because your mom said we already know the answer, you didn't
2: need to? No, I didn't, except years later, it was probably 15 years ago, Uh I had a friend who was kind of in the business and had a portable device that she could carry around and actually test different levels to see if you could drop into different states of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And she says, for kicks, let's put it on you and I said okay let's do it and she went ahead and hooked me up to this device and did our thing and afterwards she shook her head because I've never seen anything like that I said what do you mean she said well usually the device takes time to be influenced she said I watched you go from theta to delta to beta to alpha back and forth multitude of times while I was doing the test most people don't do that I said, okay, what does that actually mean to me? She says, you're psychic. I like, okay, we're good. (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) there was much more to the test itself, but she didn't feel it necessary to share results. I'm like, all right, you're ready for lunch. And that was pretty much it.
1: Oh, wow. And how
2: old were you when you did that one? That was, I'd say about 15 years ago, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm 59 now. Okay. so. So, I mean, you've known
1: since you were a kid that you had these abilities. Would you say that psychic abilities are somewhat linked to our intuitive abilities?
2: Well, I think they go hand in hand. It's uh, two sides of a coin. Okay. When when you're intuitive, that means you're sensitive to things around you. You Mm -hmm. get a sense of feeling of things and you can sense also in a plethora of ways. Some people are more clear cognizant, some are more clear audience. And it's not a matter of, are you psychic because you have those impressions? It's more a matter of, it is if you will, a subset of psychic. Okay. Because there are so many different ways to sense.
1: Right. When I was, um, I guess I was 18 and I was in college Um, my freshman year, I was dating somebody who was about 300 miles from me. And I sat up. I mean, that's when I began to understand that I had some of these same qualities. And um, I sat up, I had uh, been sleeping and I sat up and I thought, Oh my gosh, she's been involved in an accident. And I got a phone call about an hour later saying that that was the case. I mean, he wasn't badly hurt, but you know, and so I, I never did quite understand at that time, whether that is a psychic
2: ability or whether Absolutely. that was, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. It's interesting too, because I have friends who are mediums and people a lot of times assume, well, if you're psychic, you're a medium. No, hmm. not necessarily so. And again, there's a myriad of ways that we perceive. Mediumship is communicating with the other side. And I've been teasing for years and said, eh, don't feel like speaking to the dead. <laughs> I have friends that do this all day and all night. Now, does that mean that I never perceive information from the deceased? No, on occasion I do, though. It's not my area of expertise. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to share something real quick with you in respect to when you were dating that person, you know, years ago, mm-hmm. sometimes we don't pay attention to that intuitive knowing until something dramatic happens uh. because it's with you all the time. Right. I know when I was, A kid, I was seeing this boy, and I was so crazy about him. I think maybe it was 15. And I had been invited to go with him over to a friend's for the evening, and something just felt off. Couldn't put my finger on it, but something felt off. And I decided, no, not going. The next morning, I get a call from his mom, hysterical. It seems that the kids at the party were hanging out, having a great time, and kids being kids, they were smoking pot, which, unlike today, (laughs) was taboo. And one of the kids bought a gun and thought it'd be cool to show everyone. Oh, no. It was loaded. Yes. And so while he was showing it, it went off and it shot through, at the time, my boyfriend's hand. And he ended up in the hospital. But it was that idea of thinking the night before, something doesn't feel right. I don't Mm -hmm. want to go. And it wasn't that I didn't want to be with him or be with the friends. It was just something was off. And at that time, I wasn't really aware of being able to isolate information or to really comprehend where is it coming from. It was just a matter of because it didn't feel good to me, Mm -hmm. I chose to stay home. Mm -hmm. And I think people need to recognize that because Mm -hmm. everybody has intuition to some degree. It's part of our makeup as human beings because we're not just human. We're not just physical. So every person who is born who comes to this world has a level of intuition and a level of inner knowing.
1: But, you know, I would totally um, agree. Um, I, I tell people often, and I've said it on the show, that we're nothing more than vibrational Frequencies in a human body. I mean, that's the container, but, but what, who we are is just this hopefully fairly high frequency um, that receives information and, and gives off energy. And so if we're in alignment is the way I look at it. Um, I work a lot with chakras. And so, you know, if you are in alignment with the chakras within your body, then you have the ability to communicate with those areas outside of your body. Um, If you're not in alignment, it's much more difficult to do that because you run into, in fact, um, earlier today, I had done a show and we were talking about the fact that we are conduits. And so think of it as a hose. If the hose is kink, the water doesn't go through. Or if you are down here in Florida and you have, um, you know, sand or dirt or a lizard that's died in the hose, the water's not gonna flow nearly as well. And so we we do, we all have this information, but somehow it gets, I don't know, um, channeled elsewhere maybe from the time we enter school Mm -hmm. in particular. And, you know, people are kind of saying, well, no, um, Imaginary friends don't exist, and you can't possibly know that. And you know, and so we dumb ourselves down, and we don't engage in that knowing that that we all have the ability to do.
2: It's that idea of if I can't see it and touch it and prove that it's real, Then it doesn't exist. I always found that really funny, and I've said this what I'm going to say since I was a child. That is. I don't see the air, but I know I'm breathing it. Mm -hmm. Why is intuitive knowing or psychic ability any different? Right. It's not. It's just dumbed down, as you say, or beaten out of us because Mm -hmm. it's, oh, no, no. Look at this thing. This is real. This Mm -hmm. is concrete. Mm -hmm. And we take on that idea well, we don't want to be perceived as impolite or incorrect in society or we don't want to go against our mother or our teacher's way of doing things and so we kind of close it down. I know that when I was very little I was hearing things and I think maybe I was five, six and I really couldn't identify what it was. It was as if there were many voices speaking to me at one time. It wasn't until I was 14 that I realized that was clear audience but that's another story. And. I was hearing so many voices that it was overwhelming. And I just started saying, stop, stop, stop. I don't want to hear this. Please no more. Please no more. Please no more. Now at this age, I keep going, you know, if you want to open that channel back up, it's okay. <laughs> and I do have it open somewhat, but it's not at the same level that it was when I was very young.
1: Oh, okay. I'm curious from, you know, mm-hmm. your perspective, why do you think that is? Because when. We're very young. We have less clutter in our heads,
2: maybe. I I believe a big part of it is less clutter, but I also believe a lot of it is when we come into this world, we're just pure energy. I mean, really Mm. and truly. Whatever is within, it's unbiased, it's untainted. And even though at a young age, five, six, seven, eight, we're influenced by other people, we're still in that very pure state. I think it comes to when we become smarter, which is very funny, <laughs> that all of a sudden, we start to make changes. But it's that analytical versus that intuitive, you know, which part of the mind are we listening to? Right. And most people direct us to pay attention to that very linear thinking. And that if again, if you can't substantiate what it is you're thinking, then it couldn't possibly be real. Einstein talked about intuition being the only real thing, mm-hmm. which is, Really phenomenal because you would look at him and say, Wait, this is a brilliant scientist. How could he possibly say something like that? But he recognized that the creativity, that the problem solving all came from that intuitive part of the self.
1: Right. Stephen Hawking did a lot of that too, you know, where he understood, even with his disabilities, that, um, you know, that's where the pure thought, the pure intelligence, if you will, would be. the heart math institute out in california has done phenomenal research for many many years now on um what they refer to as inner balance which is heart centered Mm -hmm. and so i have one of the little devices um Mm -hmm. and it looks like a mandala where you know if it's going around the outer perimeter of Mm -hmm. uh, this design and it's in green, you are in what they call heart coherence, which means that your breathing and everything is synced yeah. to being in balance. Um, but yeah, 95% of our time we spend in the intellect uh, day in and day out. And so our heart doesn't get a lot of that intuitive work. Um, It it just, it doesn't happen because we don't allow for it to happen. We are constantly checking the who said it and where did you read it and how did you know? And, you know, so Google has become our best friend and we haven't, (laughs) you know, really developed the idea that we know the answers for us. We absolutely do. We just need to go within to find them.
2: I teach that to my clients a lot, the understanding It was much more there for them to access if they just shifted their perception slightly. And the idea of being heart based, coming Mm -hmm. from your heart, really Mm -hmm. should take precedence over anything. It's not a matter of being right; it's a matter of what feels right. Right. Big, big distinction there.
1: That's that's very true. Um, When I was in private practice in Wisconsin, I worked with. Uh, the majority of my clients were what i would call the walking wounded they were all very professionals uh, in their backgrounds and successful Um, but they would come in and they would be like you know i've got a great marriage i've got great kids my career is on track why am i not happy and it wasn't that they were depressed or anxious they just knew that they weren't in a place that made them feel joyful and happy and they didn't like that sensation And that's when you learn to go to the heart. You know, what are you doing in your uh, heart center? What are you doing intuitively with your life purpose? And if you aren't there, let's help you find a way to get there because then everything falls into place. And do you find that to be true?
2: I do. And I believe so much of that has to do with that self-talk that we don't even realize we're doing. You know, Uh you, you go to do something and you say, oh, you're so stupid. You got that wrong. Or you got to repeat that again. What's the matter with you? Or (laughs) I made bad decision with that, that guy. I always make bad decisions. That's not coming from your heart. No. If you were, you'd recognize that every one of those instances was for you to learn something. Maybe the smallest thing is to just listen more instead of doing things on automatic check in with yourself and say, is this right for me in this moment? Or am I coming from my heart? My ex-husband and I used to get into a bit of a riff quite often, and it was always about me saying to him, you either love or you don't. And he'd look at me as if I had three heads, but I would say that really and truly. I said, you know, there there is no in-between. Either you're in a loving space or you're not. You can't just be a little bit in a loving space. That's kind of like being a little pregnant. You know, you can't see if you're really <laughs> pregnant or right, you're right. Really pregnant or you're not. And I believe the same is true when it comes to our hearts, when it comes to that space that we live in. Are we content within that space? Are we being kind to ourselves? Are we recognizing those inner knowings, that guidance that's there? Are we able to say that, yes, I am happy and pleased with who I am? And in our world, that's a constant challenge. Even though our natural state is love, our natural state is light, our natural state is joy and being connected and having that congruence. Most people aren't there very often.
1: That's really quite sad too, when you stop and think about it. Um, One of the guests that I had very early on in the show, she's been writing a book lately, but uh, she communicates with angels. And one of the things that she had told, um, you know, the audience and of course myself, uh, is that angels really want us to come and play. They, mm-hmm. they want us to come into our lives in a joyful place um, and to play and to experience life from, you know, a positive as opposed to a negative. And, you know, I mean, we all lose our way. You know, we, we may as a child, Be playing and just having a great time and giggling a lot. And who doesn't love a baby that giggles and, you know, a toddler because it reminds us of that's who we really are. But then as time goes on, you know, between school and relationships and friendships that go south and things like that, we begin to, I think, lose that, lose that um, effervescent kind of happy quality and take life much more
2: seriously. When my daughter was in middle school, I really was involved with, well, I was involved when she was younger also, but I was very involved as often as possible with different boards and whatever would come up if there was a committee. And I drove these people crazy because I felt that the youngsters needed to know how to manage stress. I Mm -hmm. felt that they needed know how to communicate better. I felt that there was better uses of music. And they'd say, well, the school board won't go with that or the school board you know, won't handle that. Or no, listen, we just have to do testing. This is what the kids have to do. They have to memorize, they have to do this. And I'm saying, no, do we want human beings that are well-rounded? Because Mm. what we're doing right now is just teaching these children to memorize information that may or may not be of consequence for them when they're older. And when it comes to socialization, throwing a bunch of kids together and them not having any coping skills is not a benefit. I used to take my daughter with me from very young to Nova University, where I taught meditation classes. And one of the things that I taught in those classes was how to connect with joy. And it wasn't using that verbiage specifically, but I did a lot of different types of practices that showed people that they're never lacking it. It's just a matter of how are they seeing their world? And I'll give a funny little analogy here. There was one gal who didn't get along with a coworker. And I said, well, you can sit in that space of discomfort and not get along and wanna leave the job or hope that she leaves the job or you can find something about her that you like. And she said, well, there isn't anything. I, I don't like her at all. <laughs> and I said to her, does she wear nice shoes? And she goes, what? I said, how are her shoes? She goes, they're fine. I said, okay. Does she dress well? Does her hair have a nice style? Um, what about the color lipstick? Like find something. There's got to be something about her that you can say you like. And she said to me one day, she goes, I realized I like her children. They're very sweet. (laughs) When you look at her, instead of seeing all the things you don't like about her, think about her sweet children. That had to come from somewhere. Right. Later, she reported back that they were actually getting along. She wasn't her favorite fan yet, Mm -hmm. but they were getting along. She wasn't carrying around that discomfort, that venom, because there was no need for it but it
1: was a huge lesson. Oh, not only that, but I mean,
2: because she was
1: carrying that around, the energy field around her was totally negative, which was what the other person was experiencing. And so they were butting
2: heads constantly because of that. There was no way to get past the energy field. Right. And that energy that's exuded is from that solar plexus Mm -hmm. that's and confrontative and passionate and not passionate in a good way (laughs) no no absolutely oh my goodness well that that's
1: a great way you know find something that you like Mm -hmm. about an individual even though you think that there isn't anything possibly there right they will find something
2: it doesn't even have to be something that's emotional it can be something such as uh they live in a nice house I admire that house, or I like their yard, or they've got a really cute dog. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right, right. I think we Um, spend too much time in our heads.
1: Oh, well, like I said, 95% of the time we are intellectualizing about how to do something. Um, And decision-making when it's done there is almost always inaccurate. Uh, So if you're trying to figure out, you know, who to date, who to marry, where to live, if you should buy a car or house, you know, going to your heart and letting your intuition guide you Mm -hmm. is the safer way to go because there's fewer mistakes that are made that way. Um, And especially, I don't know, in today's world, because um, between the social media that we have on our phone and the news, if if we're turning on television we are bombarded as much as we want to be. I, I'm going to use those sure. words because that's we true. can turn it off and we can shut it down. But for most people, they have it on pretty much 24/7. Um, I know people that even if they get up and go to the bathroom, will check their phones. And know they, you the know, that the
2: that's, their phone too, which I think is crazy. Oh, that is really damaging health. Feel bad for eat with EMFs and the yes. blue light. And we could
1: go through
2: a, a list. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Wow. Um,
1: when, okay, so how, hmm. if somebody comes into you and says, or is having you work with them, and right. says to you, um, I want to learn how to trust my intuition, you know, that it's leading me in a safe way, it's it's not mm-hmm. uh, you know some some other entity in there saying hey follow me I'll I'll show you the promised land. Um, how do you go about helping them understand how to check in and understand mm-hmm. their intuition and whether or not you know it truly is coming from a heart base um, a true source or whether they're just being influenced by whatever else
2: is out there okay so there is that's a little bit complex in the sense that it's not just one simple response Mm
1: -hmm. I will
2: say the first thing though that I always recommend is that they learn how to ground and I I work with my clients with that constantly so how do you teach them how to ground what I mean being out in nature hugging trees that's (laughs) (laughs) funny about that is I used to take my entire meditation class which sometimes was 40 people at the university outside to hug trees (laughs) thought that was crazy, but I did. I would say to them, you know what, I'm going to prove to you (laughs) that this stuff works. And I would, I would march them out and they would take turns hugging trees because they could feel that release, they could feel that all of a sudden they were peaceful and also that idea of being grounded that you're not distracted by so many things. So yes, going into nature is one way, but I suggest not just hugging trees. I will suggest to someone that they take a walk outside, go take a look at the trees in their neighborhood, actually walk on their grass. And when we look at it from a scientific perspective, there is negative ions which help us get grounded and actually Mm -hmm. shift our energy when in nature another thing that they can do and it's really simple is using visualization tools one of my favorites is to have someone sit down and be quiet and when I say be quiet it's not that whole oh quiet your mind because as soon Mm -hmm. as you say that to somebody their mind goes into a thousand different directions and they can't get quiet they're thinking about dinner and their children and their work and oh yeah that itch on the nose that all of a sudden you know goes everywhere because They're trying to get quiet. I explained to them that that left hemisphere of the brain is very analytical, it's very linear thinking. And that part of us is what drives us so often, as you were saying, as far as people 95% of the time, they're in that space. So I explained that it's not a matter of completely turning it off, it's a matter of, believe it or not, boring it, occupying it with information that it just doesn't want to pay attention to. For instance, if you simply sit and breathe in and breathe out and actually count the length of the breath in and the length of the breath out and say to yourself, and I'm breathing and I'm listening to that, and you get occupied with the breath, that left hemisphere, that ego, that linear thinking gets very quiet. And it's very easy to shift into that lovely state. And when you're in that state, then you can visualize all sorts of things. One of the easiest though, is simply to imagine your feet having little tiny pearls that all of a sudden present themselves on top of the skin. And from those pearls come these little threads that turn into roots and they move into the floor beneath you and into the many layers beneath that floor and into the foundation of wherever you're sitting and then into the the many layers of the earth Mm. and reach down until those thread-like roots touch the earth's core and simply wrap around in a hug. And then you just breathe in that energy. It's a very simplistic way to know that you feel grounded as to being safe and not being influenced by the media or some sort of entity or some sort of unwanted energy in the space or from somebody around you. That's really so simple. Our bodies can be used as a pendulum to give us information as to if we are on target or not. Mm -hmm. And to do this where you can sit, but if you're sitting, you sit upright and you say something to yourself that you know to be true. And then notice what happens. Is there a sensation in the heart or do you feel a movement forward? But just take note of it and then say something that you know is not true that is conversely negative and notice there too. Is the sensation in your abdomen? Do you feel that you move backwards? But you take notice of that. If you do it enough, sometimes it comes in very subtle and actually at the the beginning for a lot of people, it does start out very subtle. But if you do that, your body actually will tell you if you are on target or not. It'll tell you if something is true or false. And you can use that as your barometer Before you begin anything. So let's say you decide I'm going to get grounded. But before I do that, I need to know, am I in the right place at this moment? And I'm going to ask myself, am I in the right place at this moment? Now, for me, I know that when it's a positive sensation, I feel it in my heart immediately. If it's negative, I feel it in my solar plexus as if somebody has punched me. Hmm. But everybody senses differently. And what's really fun about this is. If they don't like where the sensation shows up or how their body responds, they can actually program a different response. They can say, for instance, instead of leaning forward, I'd like to feel a sensation on the top of my head so that I know that something is positive. And the body responds to that because the the spirit is involved. It is not just the physical presence. You know, all the yogis talk about mind, body, spirit and Mm -hmm. not being Mm -hmm. separated. When you do these types of things, everything becomes very inclusive. And so that you know that you are safe. Grounding protects you for and from what comes next. The questions about using the body as your barometer can tell you if you are in that right space in that moment. And if for any reason you feel that you're not, fear comes up, discomfort comes up, that negative impression comes up, you can again, Go into nature, hug a tree, literally put your forehead against the tree and just allow the tree to take away from you what is not working for you in that moment. Another thing that you can do is just take some ordinary sea salt from the house and massage it into your scalp and then move it down your body as if you were showering with the sea salt. Sea salt, like the ocean, draws away negative energy. We know from childhood that the ocean, that the salt water in the sea is healing, has healing properties. Part of it is because it creates balance in energy. So here are a couple of things that can be done so easily. And it's not like you have to run somewhere and buy something complicated. There's always a smudge stick that you can use or a Mm -hmm. smudge spray. Mm -hmm. But I would say be aware if someone is using a smudge spray because a lot of them have so much more in the spray that doesn't need to be there a lot of times mm-hmm. it's fillers or there are herbs in there that are lovely smelling, but they're not necessarily what you need in that moment.
1: Right. Right. I actually use a, um, like at the, uh, January 1st or mm-hmm. on December 31st, but I will smudge, you know, my space and yes. just move any kind of negative energy out that may have decided to reside in corners, because that's where it goes is, in the, right, you know, absolutely. the corners. And that's
2: why, as you know, you start in the corners to mm-hmm. Smudge, mm-hmm. and you go from corner to corner.
1: Right. Right. And room to room. Yes. Um. I know there was something when you were talking and I was, I was thinking, and then I, I got carried away with uh, one of your thoughts. Oh, sorry. And so-
2: I just went on there. <laughs> No, it'll come,
1: it'll come back if it was important. Um, but I, I, I totally understand, you know, where you're coming from as far as, uh, recognizing there's a, um, a park that is actually very close and all during this whole COVID situation, I have gone to the park frequently because the water is right there. The Gulf of Mexico is there. Um, we have all of these really old, 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 um, Live oak trees. And uh, so the energy they emit is quite amazing. And I think there's a number of people now talking about forest bathing. Uh, because if you walk in a forest, the energy that there is there is profound. Uh, if you have woods near you and you have a variety of different trees. But one of the things that the Heart Math Institute discovered is that trees assist each other. They have a network Mm -hmm. of roots underneath. And so if one of them is struggling, they will actually send additional roots over to that tree to nourish it. And I thought, yeah, they're smarter than we are. (laughs) They
2: they understand. Have you heard also that there have been tests done to listen to trees? And during the night, there is a sound that's very similar to the sound of blood moving through the body. Really? That the tree during the night, and this applies to plants as well, all of a sudden take that quiet time in a similar fashion to what we do when we're sleeping and take that time to regenerate. As well, mm. there's a way to detect the actual voice of a plant. If you get a chance, if you're not familiar with this, Google it or go to YouTube and, and put in there um, plants speaking in music or uh, tree music, and you'll find that there have been scientific tests done to actually listen to the sound that trees make. And it's not just the idea of leaves rustling in the wind. The trees, the plants, they actually have their own voice and it's beautiful and each one is different. So when we think in terms of them being alive, this really brings it home. Right,
1: right. I've actually heard a couple of the videos. And it's like a little symphony. Yes, because they all, you know, have a slightly different pitch. And Mm -hmm. so when they're recorded as a group, it is truly amazing.
2: Yes, agreed. But so back to what you were saying, as far as the forest, and picking up that energy or moving through that energy, it's very difficult to hold on to negative energy when you're completely immersed in beautiful positive energy.
1: That's so true. A
2: little bit, but it gets released.
1: Yeah, that is so very true. Um, I I have always felt like, you know, this particular park, um, my uh, significant other and myself, we had donated last year on December 26th, we donated a little library to the park. And you know, it's like the concept is bring a book, take a book, and uh-huh. so we've watched people read to their grandchildren from there under the gazebo, and you know, uh-huh. take books and a few homeless people that I know, you know, needed something good to read. You know, they were able to find something. And then in March, we planted a lot of uh, flowers, perennials, in a fountain that basically had gone into disrepair, and so now it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, But we were able to get different people to water it uh, while it was getting started because the heat down here in Florida can be quite intense, you know, with little, little flowers that are just getting started. Um, And more recently, I don't know whether you know about this, but I love the idea. Um, Sunday morning, a couple of weeks ago, had a program on where this man was missing his mother and um, he found an old rotary style phone, a wall phone, and he actually put it on wood and he took it into the woods and he put a note on there that said, if you're missing a loved one, call them. And Aww. so people started going to the phone all on their own. They, they saw it. They weren't sure what it was. They read the note and they were touched enough that, you know, missing a brother, a sister, a mother, father, mm-hmm. grandparent, they just started picking up the phone and dialing the old number. I love it. And pretending like, you know, they were taught. So now um, I'm going, I found the first phone and I'm going to take it into a park that is down close to where I'm going to be moving in the spring and uh, put put the phone there, you know, because I think so many people feel like when that loved one is gone, you know, that it's kind of separates them, you know, they have to wait until they die. And of course, we know that you don't, that the spirits are always right there. And they're able to communicate with us if we listen. And so a part of that is listening to your heart to know what to do. But a part of it is is listening with um, your soul, if you will, Mm -hmm. so that you can connect on many, many different levels. Uh, Our animals teach us that all the time, but sometimes we're not very good at listening to them. So That's what... an
2: area that I'm definitely connected with. And ever since I was little, I've been doing rescue and rehab and fostering. And <laughs> when when I was a little kid, we lived in New York, and the superintendent used to come upstairs and knock at the door. And my mom would answer and say, oh, hi, how are you? And she'd shake her head. My mom would say, oh, she's at it again, isn't she? And the superintendent <sighs> would say, Yes, she is. We had an apartment upstairs, but downstairs in the basement area, they had these storage units and we had a key and the storage units were like big, huge cages. And so (laughs) mom used to call me the Pied Piper of animals. I would pet a little whatever on the street and it would follow me home. And not because I coaxed it, it just would follow me home. And periodically you'd find kittens in the little area or you'd find mice or bird or dog uh, a great dane followed me home one day oh (laughs) and he couldn't fit into the cage downstairs and I said listen buddy you gotta go home you gotta find you have to go to your home he sat in front of that apartment building no joke for a week until my dad said this is ridiculous we need to find him a home and so we did we found him a home in upstate New York but animals they know if you're coming from your heart. Mm-hmm. Animals know if you're sad. Animals know if you're happy. They, they are so much more in tune with us than most yeah. people will ever recognize. And right. it's kind of sad because they are here not only to be our pets, they're here to teach us. They're here to show us unconditional love.
1: Uh, that is it's so, so true. Um, just amazing. Yeah, it it is absolutely is. Um, so the intuitive part of us, and you agree, it's it lies in our heart as much as it, it's any place, and um, and our heart understands love and understands, um, you know, what is in our best interest if we learn to listen, you know, to
2: that part of us. I was just thinking when you said about when we if we learn to listen. There are moments that things show up like an anvil being dropped on our head because our higher consciousness or that part of our soul wants us to pay attention. Mm -hmm. And even if we're not listening, all of a sudden we, if you will, are made to listen. And I find this to be true with clients, for instance, who come in and say, I don't have a psychic bone in my body, but I dreamt about my great aunt passing away on Wednesday. I, and I had this dream on Monday and Wednesday, she passed away. My God, this is awful. I don't want psychic abilities. This is what it's going to be. <laughs> uh-huh. And I explained to them, it's not that all of a sudden this showed up. It's that the universe at large decided that it was important for you to start paying attention. Mm-hmm. And I believe truly that each one of us hears senses feels in many different ways and some of us pick it up in a lot of ways at one time and other times it's just there's a knowing that's there and you can't quite put your finger on it what I what I tell clients all the time and when I do classes I tell people that if you start to think this is weird why would I think that way pay attention because in most probability it's an intuitive thought it's not an intellectual thought
0: it's right exactly
2: letting yeah. you know that this is something that you are supposed to pay attention to because when we say the word here people assume that means oh it's like i hear a voice in my ear but honestly we recognize intuitive information in lots of different ways mm-hmm. you might feel a pang in your stomach you may get um uh, I don't know, an itch on your left shoulder every time a certain person is going to show up in your life. It's not limited to our sixth sense. Mm -hmm. It's so inclusive of our physical being as well as all of our other senses.
1: I have a question for you because um, I believe that that these exist because um, (laughs) they they have shown up in my life no matter where I go in the United States if I'm taking a picture Mm -hmm. there's an orb Orb. (laughs) and um, I'll have to send you one that was just uh, at the park last Monday I've never seen such a huge energy field around it ever Um, and I've had lots and lots of them now and most of them appear as A really pretty um, blue or a white, Mm -hmm. Uh, quite a few are green, some are yellow. But um, I will, I just happened to I hadn't been to the park for a couple weeks. And I got out of the car and it was close to sunset now that uh, the sun is going down so early. And I Mm -hmm. wanted to get a picture of the sun through the trees at this particular Mm -hmm. point. And as I put the, you know, my phone, I have an um, iPhone. And so as I put it up, I was like, oh my God, (laughs) this orb was gigantic. I said, it must be really happy to see us. (laughs) And um, so it's just, you know, beaming from uh, side to side. But um, so my understanding is that orbs are with us all the time. And the more that we are in alignment, the more we will see them. Is that your understanding? I agree as well, yes. Okay, and and I, I see them as um, I don't know like like they're just saying something subtly like we like the direction you're going in uh, we're happy to see you um, mm-hmm. we like to play with you I you know it's always very upbeat but um, and sometimes they will show up actually on me so if somebody's taking a picture of me the
2: orb is like right on me. Um, so isn't that just really interesting? I love it, actually. I was at a birthday party several years back and there was somebody taking photos. And when they were finished with the photos or processed the photos with me and some other people dancing, there were orbs all in the space. And they said, oh no, something must have spilled. And then they realized that the photos proceeding those photos had nothing and the photos afterwards had nothing on it so if something had spilled it would have been in all of the photos that kept going meaning like if this was photo number 10 right there would have been something on 11 and 12 and 13 no it was just on those group of photos the rest of photos had nothing and i thought isn't that funny it was when we were laughing and dancing and being silly that's when they were there we didn't mm-hmm. see them the rest of the evening that's when they were there and I find it funny that sometimes I see them sometimes I don't when I don't sometimes they show up on film or even like on the phone pictures the digital mm-hmm. picture
1: mm-hmm.
2: I think my, my most exciting orb experience though was I was sitting one day in my dining area and I was meditating and I meditate twice a day I do prayers on and off throughout the day it's just my thing but for whatever reason, this particular day, with my eyes closed, I see this big red orb. And, I, and for a moment, I'm thinking, that's gotta be my imagination. And my eyes are closed and I'm seeing this big red orb. It's gotta be my imagination. So I do like one eye and I see the orb. So I open the other. <laughs> and I'm going wow because it was the largest orb I have ever seen no joke it was this big normally I see little tiny things it was this big and I thought okay do you want to play and I went like this and it went up and then I went like this and it went over to the other hand I had a ball (laughs) oh my goodness and first time that it ever happened they show up in photos like you usually in the blue family or the green I haven't had any yellow but this was the first time that it was red and it was just that sense of joy, total bliss. Mm-hmm. So maybe um, I have decided
1: at the park, uh, there used to be an orphanage there in the early 1900s. And I've wondered if some of the children have decided to still stay at the park and you know just enjoy because it is a, a very sweet little park. It's it, they yeah. refer to it as Crystal Beach, but there's not much of a beach. I mean you can go out with kayaks or wind surfers or paddle boards, yeah. but it's not like uh Clearwater Beach or St. Pete yeah. Beach. It's it's yeah. not yeah. like that. And uh so but I I don't know. It's just it's been very, very magical to me because I think they're showing it's kind of like, um, do you ever have double egg yolks? Yes, on occasion. Okay, well, in the last year and a half, I've had 15. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> and, and there are people that go, you know, I've never seen one or I've only had one in my life and maybe they're 50. I've had okay. 15 in the last year and a half. So anytime I am questioning something, it's like a, a double egg yolk appears as if to say, don't question it anymore. You know, we're showing you that this is, you know, a good thing. And so the double egg yolk will be there. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Don't you find this interesting too? You're seeing double egg yolks. I have a friend who, whenever she's questioning, a feather shows up.
0: Yeah, I've had that too
2: in her closet it will show up in the bathroom it will it, it's not as if somebody brought it in on their shoe or the dog brought it in because it's in the most obscure places that it appears there was one that was sitting in the carpet straight up oh my <laughs> gosh. the living room uh-huh. and she went okay i get it <laughs> but we all discern in different ways and I think this uh-huh. is why the symbolism and the sigils come in in such a vast way. It's recognizing though like you did that here these eight yolks are here because there's a message there for you. Right right um I remember about
1: uh, let's see a year ago let me think uh it was probably a year ago this past July um we were at this park again and um there was an area like a little cove and you know, I I was there for another reason. And then all of a sudden there was all of this splashing. And so my significant other and I, you know, he's, he went down he said, Oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this. And I did. And it was three Mm -hmm. manatees. Now we're talking about 1500 pound animals at least that had all come in to that area. No one else was there, but us. And I believe that they see our energy field. And so they were pulled in. And then while they were there, the male made love to both of the females. And then all three of them went out. And so I thought, oh my goodness. And so we have pictures proving what we were seeing, because we tell people, well, these manatees came in. Right. No, they, that would it never it. no yeah. they
2: don't show up there, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like,
1: okay, we're going to show you the pictures. The other thing that was so unique is um, la- a year ago this last fall, uh, we had gone up to the Georgia mountains, and we knew that deer, um, they had like corn that you could feed the deer in the mm-hmm. cabin. So we knew deer would come. Um, But uh, we had also taken some apples. And so first morning we were there, here comes this whole group of deer. I mean, there must have been Uh six, seven, eight of them, but there was a female and she locked eyes with me and I had an apple in my hand. And she, she took like two or three steps and then kind of bowed and then took two or three more. And she finally came right up to me, totally wild, didn't know me from an atom, and took the apple out of my hand. Wow. So I figured that animals have this instinctual way of
2: Mm -hmm.
1: interfacing with our energy so that they do know that it's healing energy, that it's positive, you know, that there's no harm to come.
0: Um, And they
1: know that. And, you know, walking on a beach here, if there's uh, dogs, they will move towards me, usually because they want me to touch some part of their body. Right. And so I, you know, I have a healing ability so I can touch something. And I know at least momentarily that it's going to feel better for them. It's, it's not like I've healed it totally, but it, they recognize right. or see something. But
2: you something. bring them comfort. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So and all and of these skills. Absolutely. Yeah. And they they it's. Absolutely. I was, sorry. I was just thinking that they absolutely know who to connect with and who not to. Right, right. I mean, I'm
1: sure that there are some people because they're loud or because their movements are maybe a little more harsh. Uh You know, they know to stay away from because maybe that person is angry or sad or or whatever and they don't know them. If they are our particular pet, you're right. You know, they'll offer a paw or they will want to snuggle as just to say, I can help. And, you know, because they're giving unconditional love. Whereas most people receive pretty much conditional love. You know, if you're doing the right
2: thing, then I'm your friend. And if you're not, well, maybe not so much. <laughs> yes. Society, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Countries and it's well of your president doesn't do what we want them to do, or you're not willing to abide by a particular trade agreement or what have you, whatever's Mm -hmm. on the table, it's always that locking of horns instead of saying, okay, what's the most auspicious way for us to manage this? Right, right.
1: Um, You know, as we come to an end to our program today, what are a couple of things you would like to maybe share with those listening um not only about how to get hold of you but maybe some parting words that would be beneficial for them in terms of understanding how to let their intuition guide them and how to um you know plug into that innate ability that we all do have
2: yes okay so i'll give my contact info if Mm -hmm. I may first and then I'll close with something that everybody can use and it's really very simple you can reach me at HallieElyse.com which is H-A-L-L-E-Y E-L-I-S-E dot com I'm on social media everywhere you can find me on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn I I may start TikTok soon I've been hearing that it's the newest thing which really isn't that new but for me (laughs) it is And if somebody wants to reach out as far as to actually send an email, they can do it to Hallie at HallieAlice.com. Very simple. As to an exercise or a practice that somebody could use to really connect with their intuition, I'll give you a couple of things that truly are so simple, you're going to go, wow, why didn't I think of that? One of them is if you're in the car and you're at a red light, ask yourself, is the person on the left going first, the person on the right, or ask is that yellow car or that blue car or that white car, which one's going first? Every time you are correct in your head, go, yay, I did it. (laughs) If you're not correct, just ignore it. And the reason for that is you start to program your consciousness to pay attention to your intuitive knowing and disregard things that are not important or not giving you intuitive information. There's no worry there that all of a sudden you'll stop thinking. No, if anything, what will happen is your intuitive information will come in stronger, which actually will help fine tune your analytical thinking because they do work hand in hand. Mm -hmm. The other thing you can do is go ahead and... Let yourself just sit and breathe, as I mentioned earlier. And when you're doing this, close your eyes and use your imagination. Envision walking through nature on a beautiful path. You can create whatever colors you want, whatever sense you want, but try to make it very sensory, the Mm -hmm. the feeling itself. And as you're doing that, envision a bench at the end of the path. And at that path where it ends, and there's the bench, you're going to sit there And you can ask questions knowing that you will receive answers. And you may take a little time for it to come to fruition. You may find that it happens immediately. A lot of folks, when they do that, they don't get an answer instantaneously, but during the night when they're sleeping, it comes through. Or the next day when they're on their way doing something and they're not really paying attention, that answer comes through. Depends on the individual. But if you practice it, you'll find that the information just starts to flow. And so those are a couple of things that you can do that are real gentle and real easy and have joy connected. And I'll give one more. And that is to sit down with two pieces of paper. On one paper, write down whatever your questions are, put it aside or turn it over even, even better. And on the other paper, start writing what you're grateful for. Write as much as you can write to the point where you start to get a little teary-eyed. You, you really connect with, what your gratitude is when you feel that then turn that paper over or grab that paper back and look at those questions you'll get your intuitive knowing at that point oh that's a
1: very interesting one i've never heard of that one before
2: well you're shifting your vibration by mm -hmm. going into a space of gratitude which is connected to the heart
1: right exactly exactly um in fact a lot of the um clients that I have for counseling. I have them start a uh, 21 days of gratitude uh, nice. program because I want them to get in touch you know with what is around them that they truly are not seeing, maybe yes. that they are grateful for because it does shift that vibrational frequency like you said. But I love that idea. you know I'd, I'd never heard that one before so thank you. Thank you. Well, I am thrilled that you join me on my show. And um, we will see you back here in the spring. Um, But in the meantime, I wish you a beautiful Christmas and holiday season. Uh, I hope that uh, it brings you
2: nothing but joy and happiness because that's really what we're here to achieve. Absolutely. And I wish you the same. You and your family should all be well and there should be more joy than you can possibly imagine.
1: Oh, thanks. That sounds like a a very great way to end uh, not only today's program, but to end maybe uh, December of uh, 2021 as we move into a new year with all kinds of hopefully beautiful things that uh, will bring joy and happiness to many. Agreed. Okay. All right, everyone, uh, please share uh, this program with those who maybe um, haven't heard it, you've discovered the podcast that you love. And uh, after hearing uh, Hallie and Lee talk about uh, intuition and how to maybe build your intuitive skills, you'll want to share that with others. So uh, send it as a link over to them so they can take a listen to And otherwise, go out there and make this your best life. And we'll be talking to you next week. Thanks so much, everybody. Bye-bye.